be aware of your own feelings and experiences and beliefs about money. And when talking about it with your children, think about what maybe you're pushing on them that is not something that they need to necessarily carry. You want to make sure that your spending is aligning to your values. If you're spending money on something that's not aligned to your values, then is it really bringing you joy? Or are you spending that money for a different reason? And is that an emotional reason? Is that a spiritual reason? And is it something else that's lacking? This is the Well To You Podcast. And we are your hosts, Caitlin and Sue. We are moms, Pilates enthusiasts, health coaches, and supporters of all things wellness. We are here to remind you that a holistic approach to wellness allows you to thrive in a life of health, happiness, and vitality. Welcome to today's Q&A episode on finance. Hi, Caitlin. Hello. Do you have our first question today? So one of the first questions that we got was how to talk to kids about money. Well, weight and money. But since this is our finance Q&A, how do we talk to kids about money? And, you know, I think that this is a hard topic because as a part of, you know, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and learning about the importance of finances in our overall wellness, you know, some of the things that they you know, suggest you think about is your own money mindset. And that goes back to asking yourself some questions about, you know, how was money spoken about and used and the emotions around money when you were younger? And so it does come back to just a whole other thing of weight on us as parents of, you know, how do we maybe break the cycle of a negative money mindset for our own children. And I I haven't reflected too much on this personally of like what I was raised with, but I know with my kids, I am definitely perpetuating a negative money mindset cycle, unfortunately. And I think that the reason I do that is because I do struggle so much myself, and we talked about this on Tuesday, separating the idea of money and finances with personal worth. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we've been trying to do with our kids is, well, what I personally have been trying to do with my kids is not make them feel bad for how much they cost, (laughs) (laughs) but creating an idea of that things do cost money and that there needs to be a level of gratitude around that because just like we were talking about on Tuesday, you know, thinking about the amount of hours of work you have to put in to pay for a certain thing. I mean, my kids are eight and 10, so they're still not really... They, they don't really get it yet. Like, particularly my eight-year-old. He doesn't really have a concept of it so much yet. He's got a bunch of birthday money, and he's like, oh, my God, I can 
buy a castle? And I'm like, no, maybe not. But (laughs) that is what I'm trying to like instill in them is, okay, if you have X amount of money, how did you get that money? How much does that thing that you want cost or that thing we want to do together cost? And what is literally the cost, not just the financial money cost, but what is that overarching cost? So we just started paying them an allowance where they have to do their chores. So it's not just an allowance that they get. They they have to earn it. And we have a very long list of chores that they have to do to earn it because I always had to earn my money. And so I feel very strongly that they need to earn their money. But then... They spend their money on stupid things and then they're sad because they can't get something else. And I just had this conversation with my oldest son last week because he spent his money on a school field trip on like stupid junky things. And then a few days later, he's like, oh my God, I want this. And I'm like, well... I'm sorry, you spent all your money. What's more important? He's like, well, I wish I had saved it. And I'm like, exactly. You wish you had saved it. So maybe the next time you have the opportunity to purchase something or spend your hard-earned money, you'll pause for a moment and think, is this something I absolutely must have? Or is there something else that I have been dreaming about or that I might be able to save up for. We're still working on it. We're still working on it. But it's it's hard to to figure this out. Not just how you talk to your kids about it, but uh, and teach them about the value of it, but then also changing the way that I express my thinking and value around money and finances. And not putting that burden on them. I think that that's a really big thing for me is to not place the burden of finances on the kids. Like, oh my gosh, you're so expensive. Like, you cost me this much money. But they do. (laughs) Yeah. I think, yeah, there's a balance of wanting your kids to know that money isn't endless. Mm-hmm. but also not wanting them to feel like they have to worry about money as a child because that's not really a, a worry a child should have. Yeah. I have like a slightly different perspective on the chore and allowance thing. So my kids have chores that they do not earn money from that basically earn them the ability to stay in my house and be a functioning <laughs> member mm-hmm. of my household. But then mm-hmm. they can have allowance and they do get an allowance. They do, they can earn extra money. But I have this sort of like base set of chores is that's literally like you live in this house, you have to take care of some things. Like that's sort of my weird way of doing it. <laughs> I don't think that's weird at all. I think that's excellent, honestly. I think that it's teaching them that, you know, sometimes you don't get paid for the work that you do. And that's okay. You're yeah. still a you have to be a contributing member of a household or a society or whatever. And that doesn't mean that you're going to get something in return for it. It just means that's your job. <laughs> I think yeah. it's important for yeah. boys too. I think it's really important for boys. Uh, well, and that's why I do it. Yeah. That's how I feel about yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. I feel like my goal in life, and this is slightly off the topic of money, but I feel like as a a mom raising boys, 
my goal in life is to raise good partners. Mm-hmm. Whatever you know, re- kind of relationship they end mm-hmm. up being, I want them to be the partner that automatically knows we are equal partners in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want that to be something they have to learn later on. And I would say when we kind of go back to like the money mindset stuff, it's been interesting for us because my husband and I were raised really differently. Mm-hmm. So with very different kinds of money mindset, mm-hmm. right? So he was raised by immigrant parents with five children. There wasn't any extra money. He didn't have like a real non-canned vegetable till he met me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a really different way of growing up. And then I sort of grew up as an only child and my parents weren't wealthy, but they did well for themselves. Mm-hmm. and. There was nobody that's taught me, oh, you know, we can't have everything that we want. We have to, like, work for this. I wasn't really taught, like, oh, we should have a budget or you should save your money. So it's interesting because we sort of come from two totally different places. And it's trying to figure out how to meld them together into a healthy money mindset. Because I don't think either are really healthy. Having the scarcity that he had makes you have a certain type of money mindset not being taught that you can't just spend money willy-nilly is not great either. So it's like somewhere in between there is a healthy money mindset. Yeah, and I think it's always a journey too because my husband and I, same thing, we were raised very differently. I too am an only child. He's the oldest of three. His parents didn't have a ton of money, plus there were three of them. And so, you know, it was much more limited. My parents did okay for themselves and I was the only child. So they spent a lot of money. But then when they got divorced, they both kind of went into more of a financial hardship. And so that I was in high school when they got divorced. And honestly, I did take on the role of financial earner at 15 years old. And I was working three jobs and helping to pay for our rent, for my dad and I, for our rent and our groceries and our insurance and my car. And so at a very young age, I did have to carry a very large weight of earning and spending and making smart choices about what I was earning, how much I was earning, the hours in a day that I could fit in earning hours because I was still in high school too. So I was still in school and then finding time to work and then the money that I made, what did that go to? And so many of my friends at that time, either their parents paid for everything or if they did work, it went towards like maybe a car payment or maybe like their gas money, but like their parents bought their car or whatever. And so I think that that really began my dysfunction with money. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it sounds like to me. And so that is, you know, just like so many things emotionally, spiritually, physically that we do have to bring light to and and break patterns. I feel like that is a pattern that I'm currently unraveling and that I am trying to not repeat for my own kids. There's a lot of things I'm trying not to repeat for my own kids, but that is one of them. Yeah, Um, you know, I was thinking we we really do, as the enlightened generation, we really do put a lot of pressure on ourselves on what we're creating for our children. And I think sometimes we just have to remember, like, we're doing the best we can, right? We are doing the best we can. We are doing the best we can. So I think that, you know, kind of to sum up the answer to this question and, and go on to the next is be aware of your own feelings 
and experiences and beliefs about money. And Mm -hmm. when talking about it with your children, think about what maybe you're pushing on them that is not something that they need to necessarily carry. Mm -hmm. I think that in today's day and age, teaching our children the importance of savings yeah. is really critical. And so going back to that idea of savings versus spending or, you know, how much how much of my hard-earned time is it going to take to pay for this this thing, this expense? Mm-hmm. Is it a necessary expense? Is it a fun expense? I think that those are really big things that even at a young age you can start to teach kids as soon as they start to kind of understand money. Is that 100% the right answer? I don't really know for certain, but I do think that just knowing how important in my life that idea of saving versus spending has been and being able to make those critical decisions in the moment, I think that's something that's really important to instill in, Mm -hmm. in kids. Yeah, I agree. The next and last question that we can address is, how do we decide where to spend our money? For example, on our health, and if obviously doing all the things you want to do for your health are not possible, how do you choose between them? And I feel like I have actually a good idea about that. It kind of goes back to our very first guest. This is actually, you weren't on the podcast yet, Caitlin, but our very first guest is my friend, Brant Menzoir. And his work is all about your values and creating your Mm non-negotiable, like what are your five non-negotiable values? And so I think when you know, and you don't have to do, you don't have to discover your values through Brandt, but I think that is episode six on the podcast. But if you know the things that are like really, really important to you are like, what are your values and what what is really important to you? You want to make sure that your spending is aligning to your values. I absolutely agree with that. I think that so many things in life, we either don't know our values or don't go back to those. And that can lead to us losing our way or being lost in in what decisions to make. And I think that the way that we spend money is a reflection of our personal values. So knowing and identifying what really matters to you, why it matters to you, is going to guide then where you, I'm going to say invest your money. Because even, you know, purchasing a new pair of clothes might feel like an investment to you. It might be like that's something that matters to you. So when people ask, how much should I be saving? How much should I, like, where should I be spending? I know one of the lecturers for IIN, she has a really great model. Her name is Manisha Thakor, M-A-N-I-S-H-A-T-H-A-K-O-R. And we can put that in the show notes, but she has a really great model. It's like a pyramid of spending on necessities, spending on the fun stuff, and how much you should be saving. Mm-hmm. And I can't find it right now for the exact breakdowns, but um, she has so many amazing resources, particularly for money mindset for women, that I love her 
approach to teaching about money for women, changing your mindset, understanding your mindset, understanding how you're spending against your values, because I think that that is so core to ultimately what you decide to do. Because if you're spending money on something that's not aligned to your values, then is it really bringing you joy? Or is it are you spending that money for a different reason? Mm -hmm. And is that an emotional reason? Is that a spiritual reason? Is it something else that's lacking? Our values change through our life. And so, you know, nine years ago, I was like, I don't care how much it costs. I'm investing my money in getting better in Mm -hmm. my health, in going to these specialist doctors and going to the natural route, getting the different supplements, And that was expensive, but that was most important to me and my family at that time. So it was like no cost was too high because it was like a critical moment in time. But it's a little different now because my health is better. So now I can spend my money on other things, but now I make less money. So it's it's very different the way things work like that. So checking out Manisha Mm -hmm. is... I think really great for our listeners because she speaks to it so simply and eloquently when finances and money can be really daunting, Mm -hmm. particularly like investments. And she just does a beautiful job at explaining it to like non-finance people, me, (laughs) and giving really great plans of action to be able to, to do stuff with those learnings. Excellent. So I feel like we could probably talk about finances all day because both of us are trying to learn about it. But (laughs) in an effort to keep these episodes nice and snappy, we will see everyone next week for our next topic, which I am not sure what order we're going to air these in. So I'm not going to tell you what topic is next week. So (laughs) see you next Tuesday. Did you love this episode? Support us by leaving a review and following us on Instagram at WellToYouPodcast. Get to know me, Caitlin, better on Instagram at Conscious underscore Core underscore Caitlin. And me, Sue, at Opal underscore Wellness underscore Studio. We clearly love our underscores. (laughs) Underscore that.